0: Welcome to the Unlock Philippines Podcast, your once or twice weekly informational podcast on all things lockdown management related. We hope to help you get through what you need to get through so we can keep it together while we social distance apart. I'm Jet Akuzar. I'm based in the Philippines. And I'm Jeltina Fong Nigamin, that's N-I-G-G-E-M-A-N-N, a Filipina based in Hong Kong, and we are your hosts. On this episode, we chat with fashion designer Rahul Laurel on his inimitable perspective and why curating life goes deeper than we might think. Between paradigm shifts, the power of pause, the place of kindness in this world, and even his baby bear philosophy, there are so many ways this episode will touch you and bring you joy, which of course is just how Rahul likes it. Welcome to the Unlock Podcast, Rahul. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm
1: grateful to be here.
0: It is such a pleasure to have you. I wanted to ask how you've been during this ECQ.
1: A lot of time to reflect. I'm actually happy to tell you I'm thriving, surviving, and really enjoying my isolation and my time out. I've always believed in the power of the pause. It energizes me it gives me a break from my daily activities and this is the longest pause I've had and I'm again very fortunate because I'm in a place we in that I built for that particular purpose and so being in my happy place I feel deeply blessed to be surrounded by the things that are truly important for me right now fresh air green and water so all of that is Part and parcel of my gratitude.
0: You talked about the power of pause. Is there something that you have pressed pause on in your life that the COVID nineteen pandemic has made you realize you need to finally go for and try?
1: Oh, uh, you know, I think the, the the one of the biggest realization that I've had was we being isolated with with so little. I mean, I come from a industry of. Uh, excess and and, and mm. lavishness and luxury. And all of a sudden I'm uh, isolated here in on lockdown with um, five shirts and four shorts. And you know what? It's all it's all you need. It's it's funny because I come from that world we're in mm. more and now and what's next. And to be able to sort of like literally, you know, wake up with just those things in my closet. And realize, oh, nga, no, hindi mo naman kailangan. ng marami. So the, the the one of my biggest uh, realizations and efforts that I'm going to be doing is really to take into consideration how um, the true meaning of the word sustainability is in my business, and uh-huh. to be able to sort of like be more aware of being kind, not just sort of like to the environment, to really the the supply chains, I think that's one of the most important. And when when we when I get back, if ever I'm able to get back, I'm going to really in, in, entail huge changes in how we produce things that are more thoughtful, that are kinder, and that are more healthy. Not just sort of like in the production aspect, but also in the creative aspect. Imagine, Jet, I mean, we used to do three collections a year. One collections around 140 designs. Wow. And the, it, it, that's already not not mindful essentially we're just exhaling things that we thought people would actually need but Mm. so so that's going to be the 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 paradigm shift it's it's really creating things that have a life after uh one wearing and the mindset of telling your friends that even if you already posted that on instagram it's still okay to wear it again you know what i mean
0: absolutely um you know clothing it's food shelter and clothing the basic necessities right Mm -mm, so it's interesting what we as a species have done taking what is essentially a necessity clothing is you know a kind of shelter creating a shelter for our bodies and kind of pushing it forward into you know like um this like region of excess which to be honest i don't necessarily think of it as a terrible thing it's just that you know these experiences with what's happened to just puts it in a different context i suppose yes
1: you're right you're right i mean it's not a terrible thing but a lot no, of yeah. our, our industry took it to a place where it shouldn't be taken mm. and um for instance i mean just to put it mildly like how many uh tank tops does one really need and how many uh, tank tops does the high street people produce? Millions. And they're, they're yeah. essentially throwaway mm-hmm. fashion. So those, those are the things that, that that really come to mind in terms of what I want to try and attempt yeah. when, when I get back to work.
0: It sounds like you're making a statement on fashion already veering towards an unnatural sort of um, direction. Is it, mm-hmm. Do you think that being in nature, because you guys have done your isolation in in kind of these beautiful natural surroundings, yes. do you think that that's influenced the way you think right now?
1: Yes, highly influenced. I mean, like for instance, the beauty about gardening, and the and then I will embrace my katituhan, is that you need to be <laughs> <laughs> you need to be patient, and 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 beautiful things need time, and um, mm. in in the quest for. Um, unnatural deadlines and unnatural time frames, we've really sort of like pushed ourselves, our people, our workers to an unnatural sort of like context of just breathing um, wildly and not mindfully. And I think Uh that's what I think I'm going to try to again attempt to do by slowing things down and and really thinking beyond the bottom line, that it's not always about profit, it's not always about making the biggest margins. It's just really about making sure that perhaps the ideology of the baby bear. Have you thought about have you heard about that? The philosophy of the Goldilocks and the three bears, that you have to live like baby bear. You remember how baby bear it's not too hot, not too cold, just right? Yes. Not yes. too much, not too little, just right. Yes. So it's, it's, it's the baby bear philosophy of life, which is a very simple um, message and lesson that, that you, we can all share, whether you're old, young, um, an infant or, or a child will understand that you need to sort of like realize that sometimes you need to live with just right what's enough. So that's, that's what I'm trying to, um, to inculcate and be mindful daily. That's the beauty about all of this is because we've, the whole world has been given a timeout, has been mm. given, a, given a pause. And yeah. it's up to us to really use this opportunity for us to sort of like move forward to a better place. When I say a better place, we need to sort of like really take advantage of the situation given the fact that we're all in, literally in the same boat.
0: One of your favorite sort of radio podcast shows to listen to is the desert island list
1: the desert island list it's available on yeah actually available uh on on podcast it's by the bbc and i love listening to it because i I agree with what you said earlier in our conversation that sometimes all you 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 don't need so much visual um activity Mm. and you need sort of like again time out yourself from all the things that you see because of, you know, we're, we're all glued towards our, our little phones, and we're all yes. bombarded by images. And sometimes it's wonderful just to sort of like listen to other people. And I love this yeah. podcast that, that, uh, you, you, that you mentioned because it gives me a perspective of humanness because they interview very famous individuals ever since the 30s up to now. And uh-huh. they talk about what eight pieces of music that they will bring if they're going to be um, des- deserted on an island and uh, what, what they will bring. And it's always, it, it, it always so beautiful to listen to these people because it brings us on a common commonality and the beauty mm. of the sublimeness of actually just music.
0: In this section of the interview, we, I feel like it's mostly to do with the power of the pause, as you said initially. hmm is there a song you can attribute to sort of this sort of feeling of taking time to, to pause and to...
1: Yeah, I'm having goosebumps while, you, while you're uh, asking me this because it's a fantasy <laughs> of mine to be on that show, on that particular <laughs> podcast, and I really never thought that one day I'll be asked this, but uh, if ever there's one song that I would like to bring on my desert island... Um, I would probably go back. My mother is a beautiful singer, and she really um, gifted us with that enjoyment and taught us how to all sing. We all sing, and my mother um, sings so wonderfully. And when we, we were children, she was the biggest fan of Astrid Gilberto, and oh. um, she, the song that she would sing to us as a lullaby to, to sleep was this song called A Certain Sadness. And it's such a beautiful song. And I, I would bring that because I miss my mom so much. And um, that would be reminded me of her. And that song calms me down and just sort of like brings me to a place that everything's going to be all right. And it's a, it's a, it's a bittersweet song that that's, um, talks about um, being alone but being um, content. By uh, and and and, and um, embracing sadness, because w- with all things um, you cannot measure happiness without a bit of sadness. So that's one of the songs I'm gonna bring. I feel like it's one of the
0: most poignant things I've heard in a while. That you have to kind of embrace sadness because there's going to be a post-traumatic stress disorder that we experience as a species. Mm-hmm. So it's fantastic that you just shared that with us. Thank you for doing that. You're welcome. please tell us the story of how your PPE charity work began, where the idea came from and how you started producing these things. Um,
1: really the idea thankfully came from social media. Uh, mm-hmm. I have an Instagram like, like everyone does. And I saw images in the early stages of our lockdown of uh, our frontliners wearing trash bands. And in the beginning, they were, they're trying to be really funny about it. And, um, you know, trying to sort of like look what they were wearing, but uh-huh. but it really sort of like thumped my heart and um, made me stand up, especially when I heard that they're the they're, they're they were the most vulnerable, in the sense they were the first getting sick and getting infected with the virus, and I couldn't sort of like just take it uh-huh. as is. So. Essentially, with the help of my friend, and I have to mention Mitch Dulce, for um, really paving the way for all of us um, in the local fashion industry to gather together and help. And I called my sister, we worked together, and I asked, is anybody in the shop? And uh, thankfully, that we have a dormitory behind our factory, and a few of our workers couldn't go home. Obviously, we sent everybody home to their families, but uh, 25 individuals could not go home. So I said, Do you think they can actually walk to the factory and start something? And, um, f- uh, you know, five weeks later, we're still doing it, and we're, we're still being able to really create these PPEs to um, provide really protection for our frontliners. And through the goodness of uh, friends, clients, relatives, we were able to raise uh, outstanding value of almost 2.5 million pesos worth of PPEs. It's a testament to really how humaness works and how really being human and how interconnected we all truly are. And all it needs really is just a little nudge towards a proper direction and we all can truly do better and let me remind you jet i'm not the only one doing this the whole um my whole uh, uh, colleagues mm. in the fashion industry in the philippines are also doing it because there's really none available at the moment and if there is obviously it's being siphoned mm. off by everybody who needs it so there's a really lack and it's still there's still a big big need so we shouldn't stop helping and we shouldn't Uh. stop continuing doing this work because the fight and the virus is still there and we cannot remain complacent because once we do that the cycle of infection continues so it was a large learning curve not just for my team but also for myself and how to proceed with this um, um, creation because never in my wildest dreams naman na gag- ang gina- gagawin namin surgical gowns no ang alam namin gumawa ng wedding gown saka ball gown tapos all of us oh, oh, sabihin ko sa mga tao ako, o friends <laughs> oh, pues, ito na gagawin namin For a few days right? we were like all of us were scratching our heads because you- it, it, there, there were requirements for instance you cannot you cannot have any needle marks from the front area because that's where the uh virus may enter you know it it it, 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 it was literally a matter of life and death and although uh-huh. it was sort of like funny now that we're talking about it i was sweating buckets because i didn't want to make a mistake tapadala ko to sa doctor all of a sudden i'm sure going siya kasalanan so parang so we, we really needed to make sure na tama yung ginagawa namin. Uh-huh. And we're, we were very, very um, clear that these weren't medical-grade PPEs because that's a completely different level. This is just a level of protection for our frontliners. And now, I think it's going to be a necessary thing for everyone because the virus is out there and we need to protect ourselves. So again, this is another phase that we'll probably have to address. So I created a small call center. Um, with um, my, our assistants and my sister leading it. Vinice, my sister, mm. has been quite instrumental in making all of this happen. And um, we, we have a Google link service that you put in your uh-huh. requests and your contact details. And we contact you once we are ready for your requests. And then we arrange for um, a pickup service because we don't do delivery. So they pick us up. And I'm very, very happy to tell you that we've even reached far-flung areas such as Tawi-Tawi and Sulu and and places wherein people wouldn't actually think that they would need because this is a need that's necessary all over the Philippines. So we were able to actually send these things there. And it's very heartwarming when they send us Uh pictures and really the sense of gratitude that they share is for me already enough that that, that that we were. I feel that we're doing something correct and we're doing something right.
0: Can I ask you what song you dedicate to this portion of your life, the kind of first few weeks or even up to now of um, creating these um, protective suits for frontliners?
1: Um, I have a work song that I usually play uh, that's my background music when I'm working. It, it again, sort of like just keeps me focused. And uh, it's the flower duet from the opera Lakme. I love Lakme. And that's what I just play as background music to, regardless if I'm drawing or if I'm sewing or if I'm cooking. So in many ways, it's sort of like a beautiful, soothing powerful song that just keeps me going forward at the end of the day that's all that we really want for ourselves is to sort of like take one step after the other especially when it's so uncertain and you're so confounded with so much uncertainty and fear you just want to move forward and the the flower duet gives me that hopeful uh, symphony of continuity
0: us a little bit more about the attitude that you believe is
1: necessary. Kind of Like find these little uh, nuggets of joy in your daily routine, regardless of where you are. I think that's one of the most important coping mechanisms that we, what we both have is that in the darkness we find light through the little, small, mundane activities such as just making our plate look pretty. We need to be extra and more creative. We need to sort of like realize that we need to sort of like make do of the best of our situation and um, continue. Uh, Because this is who we are as people and this is not any different. The only difference is that we have to be extra creative, for instance. Um, we miss traveling a lot. And both Nix and I are are avid travelers and we love to travel. So instead of, let's say, traveling to Tokyo, which is one of our favorite destinations, we created a little Japanese meal. It looked pretty, but it was actually a fail.
0: (laughs) What you said kind of planted this idea in my head that talents have been sort of lost in technology. What I mean to say is like, does that yes, make sense like you know our all, all of because technology has made our lives so much easier and things are accessible you know new york times recipes click yes, of a finger yes, three dollars yes. it's in your it's in right, your email right. account um you don't need to necessarily be as naturally talented because you can teach but then you and nix sort of are naturally talented you know you're gifted in, thank you Sort of the creative. Yeah, like, I I, I, understand. It, I mean it's 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 yeah. fact,
1: right? Like we've always been trained to use our hands. Essentially, when we create things, it's not sort of like very uh, digital in its format. We actually create things that are oh. tangible. From fabric, we make clothes. Oh. From wood, mix mix, uh-huh. mix 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 furniture. So the the desire to use our hands and to sort of like uh, manifest all our ideas and to make it into a tangible form is. Necessary for us to sort of like exist and breathe. We can't, as people, Nix and I are not the kind of people who just sort of like imagine and we're happy with just the thought. We need to actually process and develop that thought, move it forward until our ideas become concrete. And that is what's a clear manifestation of what's happening now. We just take pictures of it. But in order, you know, but in order for for our idea from point A to B, we need to make, it, to make it happen. And yes, it comes with a lot of frustrations. But at the same time, that's the whole point of creating is that you just have to try. And for all your listeners, I think that's the most important thing. Now's the time to actually do things that you normally won't do because now you have time to do it. And I guess, again, going back to the power of the pause, the pause gives you the opportunity to just create and do things that you were just thinking of instead of thinking of. Gawin mo Kasi ngayon, may oras ka?
0: Can I please ask you what song you play when you're feeling grateful?
1: Um, the song that I feel uh, most grateful for when I listen to it is uh, May the Lord Keep You and uh, Bless You. May the Lord Keep You. And specifically the um version of the um hold on Saint George Choir. Why this song? Um I don't know. I think it's because it's the message is so so clear that uh whatever happens and whatever circumstance that comes to your life, whether good or your bad, it's going to be okay because if you have faith in the universe and if you have faith in a higher being that the reason why you are going through this is because you can handle it and if you cannot handle anything then you're not going to be on this earth any longer and the more um the more i I grow older each year i am reminded by this particular song and i'm i'm really grateful when i listen to it
0: In this portion of our interview, we'll be asking Rahul to tell us a little bit about the future of fashion design in the wake of the ECQ and COVID-19. Rahul, can we ask you for your predictions for the luxury industry, given the situation that we find ourselves in?
1: Oh, my goodness. That's a wonderful question in the sense that it's really going to change 180 degrees in the sense that uh, what we know as uh, our industry pre-pandemic is not going to be the same anymore. I think we have to really um, be more aware that we need to... um, function on a more personal level. I mean, it was a really highly personal already before, but now even more so Mm. because of the situation and to be able to create things that really are going to be extremely special. You have to realize that a fashion designer is just not about making clothes. It's about fostering relationships Mm. with your clients in the sense that your clients come to you to essentially create armor, for them Mm. to A, feel better, B, feel appropriate, C, feed their ego. Mm. Now, because of this situation, I mean, nobody will need gowns or nobody will need clothes that are essentially meant to be seen. Mm. Fashion, by its very nature, is always about the outside. Mm. However, what we need to realize, and my prediction is, we need to come to a particular point wherein we need to balance what's the, what's, uh, what, the inside means and in in all essence that's going to be very important so we need to pivot towards the direction of what clothes you will be needing to feel really good at at home Uh. to really feel good at and protected when you go out Uh. so it's it's a completely different set of um philosophies that you'll have to uh, think about. And the beauty about this um, pause or this um, isolation is us creatives are really given time to to dig deep into what it means to create.
0: Once the pandemic is over, how do you think? And I know this is a bit of a long shot, but could you just give us like a prediction of what you You think that might look like?
1: For me, it will probably be very similar to what's happening, what what is happening in the Middle East, wherein they have these hijabs Mm. that are worn in public, that are very covered and very sort of like. You know, hardly you can see their faces and you don't see their hands. But when they get to their homes, that's when the luxury really occurs, when they remove all of these sort of like mm-hmm. garments. And what's, what you're left with is something really beautiful and personal and special. I think that's one of the, th- the things that are, that's going to be happening, is that you realize that there's going to be a lot of attention towards what they wear at home. And that specialness, really, and then there's going to be a cutoff in the sense of what's going to be worn outside.
0: So you're saying the relationship we have with our clothing will be a deeper, more personal one, where we wear things that we love because we feel good in them, and we like how we look, yes. or it's just it's more more for ourselves than it is to kind of.
1: For others, Yeah, to, yes. to validate
0: because, that we look great, right?
1: Correct, correct. Because obviously when we go out in the outside world, I mean, very few people look really good in a, in a, in a bunny suit.
0: Yes. And that's,
1: that's what we're… I mean, <laughs> I don't know anyone who does. We yes. all look like Teletubbies. Yes. Right? Good, yeah. But when you remove that outer layer of protection, when you sort of like go into your homes, that's when it's going to change. I mean, on, on, for me, that's my prediction. And that's what we need to sort of like re- realize and rethink about, about how to uh, service our clients.
0: There's so much of the time element like pre-pandemic, during the pandemic. And, you know, we talk about a very Post, hopeful yeah. post-pandemic. As you've said earlier, music is a definitive aspect of your life. Can you dedicate songs again for um, the sort of pre-pandemic, during pandemic and post-pandemic period to the industry that you belong to, to the fashion and luxury industry?
1: Yes. Well, um, for my uh, song for the pre-pandemic, it's the song that I constantly listen to uh, on a daily basis. is by Vivaldi, The Four Seasons. Mm. It's just sort of like uh, a, a, a set of music that just continues to play and gives me so much life and that's what the life was and during the pandemic what song that really resonated to me was marvin Gaye's song what's going on Mm, and finally yeah i love that song and finally post pandemic it's going to be a song it has to be a song by frank sinatra on a clear day
0: oh that's such a lovely that's such a lovely song yeah i I love i love these happy sort of songs that um these hopeful songs you know one of my favorites is um that i can see clearly now
1: yes i can see clearly now the yeah I, I like that you know
0: it g- brings me to tears that song it's dramatic <laughs> es- especially now like um i i keep hoping that that's the song that we'll all be singing when when this virus has been defeated
1: It it eventually let's all pray for that hopefully right yes
0: We've already talked about the future of fashion design and, you know, how you think that things will evolve. To conclude, you know, have you learned anything about yourself that only an extreme circumstance like a pandemic could reveal?
1: Absolutely. And there's so much lessons to be learned about the situation that we all are in. For me, anyway, that I've learned to really live with less and to live a true minimal life. And that happiness isn't really material. But happiness is about highly intangible things. The air you breathe, the sun that touches your face, the, the seed that you, that you put into the soil a few weeks ago that has grown into um, something that bears fruit. Really, it's the simple things that gives me the most satisfaction. And I hope that I continue to... Um, harness these fundamental ideologies right after the pandemic.
0: Ending things on a happy note, what do you look forward to the most once the threat of COVID-19 is eradicated?
1: Uh, Hugging my family, hugging my mom, um, having my nephews and nieces around. And um, I look forward to eating in my favorite restaurants. Mm.
0: (laughs) Don't we all? Yeah,
1: what else? I, I can't wait to hop on a plane and go on uh, um, amazing adventures that we've planned. And just getting life back um, to what I hoped it would be. and But now, knowing what I know for the better.
0: That's so beautifully said. And um, I wanted to ask, to add to that, which is the first sort of country that you will definitely travel to once it's deemed safe to travel again?
1: I'm gonna visit. My dad lives in Tokyo at the moment, so I want to visit him. So I'm gonna hop on a plane and, you know, visit him. So fantastic. I also haven't seen him in a while.
0: Oh, fantastic! And um, to end, can I please ask um, what is the best memory or the most interesting lesson from, you know, sort of this time in isolation that we've all had that you will forever treasure?
1: Um, for me, it's really a deeper appreciation of my partner, Nick's, because I think I really appreciated appreciated him before, but now I appreciate him even more. And apart from that, just really um, truly loving and appreciating Mother Nature and to be surrounded by the bounty of the goodness of of our earth and to really see it face-to-face in its raw form is is giving me so much life and so much lessons.
0: Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today, Rahul. Wonderful kind of conversation that I had with you. I truly enjoyed that.
1: Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me and thank you for inviting me. It was nice talking to someone else. (laughs)
0: tuning into the unlock philippines podcast we are definitely learning as we go along as this is a homegrown and homespun effort using whatever tools are available to us at the moment we hope you have found this uplifting and useful and if you would like to reach out to us we are at unlockph.podcast at gmail.com see you next week